So, we are beginning a series of preaching experiences and focusing on Scripture that is all about first encounters with Jesus. We're going to be working through a number of stories from different parts of the Bible where we have people in a very human state engaging Jesus. You'll find that as we work through these events, you're going to see Jesus in a lot of different roles and in turn see different faces of God. We will also see different aspects of humanity and how we interact with God, both in the context of ancient times, but also today. Uh, This last summer, when we came back from our summer mission trip, the youth, uh, I talked a little bit at the end of the service about miracles, about how we define miracles today. Our context then, at that worship experience, was the recognition of the event that comes through relationships, built in mission, serving others, building community, those types of things. Well, the scripture story we read this morning is a little different than the common understanding of a miracle in either scripture or today. This is not some grand event of giving sight to the blind, healing someone of an illness, or even raising someone from the dead. In fact, many people really struggle with the purpose and meaning of this event in scripture, Jesus turning water into wine. And doing some reading from what other people's perspectives, both as scholars and authors and and pastors, I found a ton of different approaches, messages, themes, and interpretations that all got drawn out of this same story. More so than a lot of the other miracle stories we hear about in the Gospels. So why wine? Well, One thing is for certain to me is that this is not just a story about wine. But there is a reason for wine in this story. This is not about advocating for, nor is it prohibiting alcohol. Wine in general took a very different role in that particular time period. Wine was a scripturally mandated item in the Hebrew Seder meal and held status as a beverage of the wealthy, powerful, and the holy. There was a regular condemnation of overconsumption or drunkenness or debauchery, as it's talked about in Scripture. But let's be clear that that's not what we are talking about. That's not the same context and usage of alcohol that we see today in society. It's a different understanding of how that is used. In this reference, we are talking about honor. And how does honor represented in Scripture? Honor permeates through each interaction in this story. Jesus is honoring the request of his mother, the wedding planner. We have some understanding that she had some degree of power to facilitate 
the substances and the stuff at this wedding celebration. Mary honoring Jesus by asking him to participate in the solution. It's an interesting that she would go to him and say, can you solve this problem? She's making the presumption that he could do anything about someone else's underestimation of the shopping list for the wedding reception. She presumes he can do something about it. Now, we've had a lot of weddings associated with this congregation recently. And I'm wondering, this conversation, if it had happened just before Jesus comes onto the scene between the wedding party, the servers, and coordinators. So, uh, we ran out of wine. We what? No, don't, don't tell anyone. Like, okay. Let's go talk. Mary, you go find somebody to get us more wine. We ran out. I don't know if the bridegroom or the wedding families were involved in that knowledge. If they were, running out of such a staple in a ceremony would probably not be that well received, would it? For instance, the recent Delu wedding that I had the opportunity and blessing of participating in served an amazing taco bar at the reception. Exceptional food. I can only imagine what, how it would have gone had we said halfway through that taco bar, we're out of chicken. Can't imagine that would have been very well received. Maybe not a tragedy, as Tracy references, but certainly a dramatic inconvenience. Now, Jesus' initial response to this dramatic inconvenience is interesting. Why is this my problem? The actual translation in what he says is, Woman, what is this to me? It's a surprising exp expression. Not what one would expect. But this opens the door for there to be a glimpse into Jesus, getting publicly affirmed as holy. Mary then instructs the servers to do whatever he tells you. This now also commits Jesus into the problem-solving effort. Try to go back now and tell your mom no. No. You know, he's going to say what he's going to say. Just do whatever he tells you, because he's going to tell you to do something to solve the problem. Anyone ever have a parent commit you to doing something you didn't plan on doing? Show of hands? Yeah? Yeah, I've been there. But part of that is Mary believes he can handle it. Which is a much deeper honor and affirmation of who Jesus is as Mary understands, like no one else on earth, who Jesus is and what Jesus is capable of in the world. Now, another example of honor is the servers honoring Jesus in following some very strange instructions. 
we're out of wine. Okay, go fill these containers up with water. I thought we were out of wine. Go fill these containers up with water. Okay. How does this solve the wine problem? But they follow through. Respecting something or someone that they don't maybe completely understand. When have you been called to honor something that you did not understand? Did you follow through? Jesus is honoring the wedding. Which is a Jewish celebration lasting a week for an entire village, possibly involving hundreds of people. He takes the water used in purification from the ceremonial stone jars. Water that cleanses is turned into the highest quality of wine. We have wine representing honor as a gift to the celebration. But as we think about the broader usage of wine and Jesus, how do we revisit this idea of our cleansing, of human cleansing coming through wine? Perhaps a couple years later, involving a loaf of bread in an upper room? Food for thought. Wine is also represented as honor as the master of the wedding. The steward is shown by the bridegroom to receive this good wine, which, as is stated, is normally reserved for the beginning of the celebration to enjoy the flavor, but it is still the best. Only the best comes from Jesus. Sometimes we honor without even knowing. To those in positions of authority and to those who reflect it back to us. Who in your life gets honored by default? So why wine? Because wine is considered to be something that is part of their culture as a shared experience that took time and care to prepare in its fermentation and is brought to the table to honor those around it. This is a cup that brings unity, reconciliation, and love. This is a marriage, a celebration of a union brought together around a table built on honor. Now, we recognize in a marriage ceremony today, in vows, declarations of intent, exchange of rings, that these people will honor each other. And in doing so, honor God. Now, marriage has been a pretty hot topic lately. In the state of Minnesota, we're in a conversation right now over the understanding of how marriage is defined. It's hard to miss the discussion. Yard signs, advertisement, billboards. 
Last summer at annual conference, the United Methodist Church had some discussion on this. It was voted that the United Methodist Church in Minnesota, as a denomination, opposes the amendment to define marriage as a man and a woman. Now, wherever you fall on this issue, and we recognize that people fall on all ends of it, it's one of the blessings, I think, of the United Methodist Church is we engage a diverse community in conversation and belief in a pretty unique way. We can have differences of opinion and faith. But wherever you fall, hear this scripture. We are shown through Jesus, through Mary, through the servers, in this, this text, an example of how we honor our brothers and sisters in their union as people and as individuals. And in doing so, we honor God. And as we do so, we are following an example of Christ. You honor your neighbor in the active representation of respect and esteem. That's right out of Merriam-Webster. I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, and a pastor that I have respect for and kind of puts up interesting and thought-provoking quotes and questions, on his status reminded us that we need more love, loving relationships. Relationships committing to honor one another, to respect, and to promise devotion in this world, in our society. So to you, this morning, how do you honor God? Do you honor God in your relationships? What does that look like for you? Do you show honor and show respect to the call of Jesus in faith? To hold fast to the commitments you make that are built on honor. Bring this idea of honor, of esteem and respect into your life each day. And in doing so, you bring forth the kingdom into our midst. Amen.